Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back, and this is day two of our real estate predictions, and we are on point number six, Um, but before we get to point number six, Julie and I listened to yesterday's podcast, and I had said two or three things incorrectly, and the keeper of numbers, my beautiful wife, Julie Harris, (laughs) it wants to correct my uh, miscalculations. Well, just mainly about rentals, rental prices increases increasing the price of monthly rents. You had maybe overstated a little bit that on average it went up 25% countrywide. The most it's gone up is 16%, which if you're the one renting is still a lot. So yes, they will continue to increase, just maybe not as steep of a pace. So that's that's the main one. What I meant to say was basically over the last two years, rental prices have increased by at least 25%. Yeah, probably two with, to three years worth. Two yeah. Years, yeah, which is a lot. Yeah, well, we want to get our facts straight. And uh, yeah, so those of you who are about to fire off a little message in Instagram about our numbers being wrong, we just saved the effort. <laughs> Stop being the crazy typing cat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, this is part two, and we are going to get to prediction number six, Julie Harris. Yes, part two, prediction number six the number of sales will certainly be lower. This is countrywide, but it's hard to say by how much. Now, the Mortgage Banker Association predicts 15% fewer loan applications. And remember, a lot of people pay cash, so that's not 15% overall. That's of people getting loans. 15% fewer loan apps in 2023, mainly from first-time buyers checking out of the market. Now, home sales are predicted to be roughly 4.5 million in 2023, with about 600,000 of those being new construction. Now, to compare, again, predicted to be around 4.5 million in 2023, there were 6.1 million home sales in 2021 and 5.9 million by the close of 2022. Now, remember that these were, by and large, pandemic years full of FOMO, fear of missing out. So keeping that in mind, now, if we see more inventory, here, here's the, the foil to that, right? If we see more inventory, better interest rates, and more moderate pricing, buyers will return at a faster clip, potentially recharging the market and negating that potential of only four and a half, only four and a half million sales. Now, this is something to watch. Forecasts do vary widely regarding how many fewer sales there will be, but everyone agrees that there will be fewer, right? It's just by how much. Now, Keep in mind that even if we get to four and a half million sales, that's still nine million paid commissions and doesn't account for all new construction or private transactions. How many homes do you have to sell to meet or exceed your goals this year? Okay, remember nine million commissions at least. Now, remember, it only takes selling 15 homes per year to gross 150,000, figuring an average sale price of 400,000 and 20% expenses. Only a few years ago, it would have taken 25 home sales to make the same money. And assuming that you're a proactive lead generator, you have the power to increase your average sales price. So again, keeping it all in perspective. Well, that's a really important point that Julie just said. And didn't we read uh, that the average income and for an agent last year was $92,000? Yeah. Right. So average income for an agent last year is nearly $100,000. If your average sale price increases because of inflation, but you're selling fewer houses, you're probably going to be right as rain. So you got to put these doom and gloom statistics and numbers into perspective. 
That's right. And remember, too, many of the missing home sales this year will be to fewer first-time buyers. So concentrate on move-up buyers and downsizers, and you're going to be less likely to feel that impact. Now, do you have any predictions that are talking about the number of agents in the industry, or can we do a little add-on to this You can one? add-on to that. Right. So there were, what was it, two years ago, actually three, starting three years ago, people were predicting there would be some sort of you know, mass agent extinction event. Right? Agent avalanche, yeah. Right. And we thought, well, you know, here it is, COVID, there it's going to be. You're going to see a ton of people um, get out of real estate, or uh, yeah, get out of real estate and whatever. And nope, that didn't happen. More people uh, entered into real estate. And then you saw different things, other uh, undulations in the economy. And again, the naysayers were saying agents are going to get out of the industry. Well, guess what happened? National Association of Realtors just reported, what was it, last week, mm -hmm. that we're at a high watermark for agents ever. And it was over 1.6 million agents. That's right. When you and I were selling real estate, I think the total number was 800,000 or something. It ranged between 800 and a million. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you see, now how did Julie and I know that there wasn't going to be a mass extinction event for agents? Well, it's quite simple because we looked at the statistics, the numbers of agents in the industry going all the way back to the 60s. And what we saw where there was an increase in people getting their real estate licenses when there was a recession. Why? Because people actually had to figure out other ways to supplement their income. Or you'd have, for example, maybe back in the 60s, you, and this was a, a big trend in the 70s, certainly. My mom actually got a real estate license yeah. in the 70s, mm -hmm. and she'd just been a stay-at-home mom before, and she needed to get a license, and she worked at Century 21. This was not for very long, but she did it. Uh, we bought our first house. She mm -hmm. did a few deals. Well, that same trend is, of course, going to happen again, which is probably the reason why we're seeing an increase in the number of agents getting or a number of people getting real estate licenses. Yes, and I would add my own day-to-day -day experience. So, for example, coaching clients who are getting their family members licensed, their <laughs> kids, their brothers, their sisters, their parents. I, I mean, literally, Tim, just about everybody in my own private schedule, not to mention the, all of our hair-certified coaches, they all have circumstances like that, every single one of them. Now, keep in mind our own experience here. Our across-the-field neighbor got her license. She's selling new construction now. We're in Puerto Rico. Okay, uh, the gal that used to deliver wine for us got her license during during COVID. Our waiter got his license. So the reason I bring those up is that just because we have more does not mean that everybody's full time. But keeping in mind that the average sale price and the average commission is so high now, you can be a part time agent and make fifty grand a year. Yeah, but remember, the average income last year for an average agent was 92000 yeah. So there are still lots of people that are going to be making very good living selling real estate, even with this housing shift. But again, why are we doing these predictions, especially why are we presenting to you these predictions in the way that we are? So that you see the opportunity. Because if you're listening to everybody else, you are probably thinking about you know, becoming a prepper and digging a hole in your backyard and waiting for the storm in the locusts to stop swarming. That is not what's going to happen. What's nope. going to happen is that you are going to have a clear mindset. You're going to know that this is one of the greatest times to be in the real estate industry because there's so much change going on. And there, and again, because frankly, there's a lot of agents out there that don't know how to help people in a market like this. And you're going to learn how to help people in a market like this, know what to say, know how to present them information like we're presenting to you. You're going to get your unfair share of the home sales well, as other people, other agents are going to be, you know, unfortunately, so rooted in fear. So what you've got to do is move past the consternation, the contemplation, and the procrastination and move towards massive action. That's right. Knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. So 
Point number seven, inventory, the number of active listings, will modestly increase, but mainly due to lingering listings, not due to more new construction or distressed property. That's a distinct uh, difference. So inventory, yes, we've seen that increasing in a lot of markets. We're still kind of pulling out of some of the holiday slowdown and getting into first quarter and all that. But yes, we're going to see modest increase, not an inventory avalanche. There will be um, a lot of people who are sort of locked into their homes because they have these really low interest rates, and that is going to be a temporary trend. Listen to what I'm telling you. Do you guys remember, those of you who are alive or really in the real estate industry, back in 07, 08, everybody went in, that's where you saw the uh, advent of these terms like staycation, you know? Mm-hmm. People aren't going on vacation. People were downsizing. I'm only going to go to Starbucks twice a week opposed to five days a week. Right. And then it wasn't maybe 24 months later or really probably more like 12 months later, you start hearing another term emerge uh, called frugality fatigue. Right? Frugality fr- fatigue, yes. And that's what's going to happen. People are going to get, uh, well, I'm going to stay in my house because my interest rates so low. Uh, but then, you know, the dust is going to settle with the interest rates. It's going to be in the low 5% range. And then they're going to put their houses for sale and they're going to move up because they're going to have probably an enormous down payment to put on the next house. They're going to mm-hmm. have figured out by then uh, how to do an adjustable rate mortgage or how to buy the interest rate down to the point where it's maybe as low as it, w- it was on their previous mortgage. People are going to figure things out. This, what we're in now, this is transitioning phase. What you've got to do is you've got to get to the other side of it. A lot of people are in this emotional state of really not knowing what to do. Get on the other side of it because we just give you a window of what, where, what it's going to mm-hmm. look like. People are going to be putting their houses for sale. People are going to be accepting the fact that it's going to be a low 5% uh, interest. People are going to be looking for agents who know how to help them essentially, um, you know, matriculate this new market. That's right. I mean, I'm glad that rates spiked to 7% for a while because now five and a half isn't going to feel so bad versus quote spiking from three and a half to 5%, right? It's all about perspective and letting the dust settle. So speaking of which point number eight, prices will stabilize, but not fall. The best homes. What do I mean by the best homes? The ones that are priced right for the amenities condition and neighborhood are still seeing multiple offers, though sometimes after several weekends on the market. Prices are stabilizing. The average year-over-year increase in 2022 settled in at 10% countrywide. That's insane. Yes, it is. So supply and demand still prevail. There's currently a three-month supply of homes on the market, which is still only half of what it would take for the market to be, quote, balanced. Now, here's a caution. There's a difference between price reductions and price depreciation. You alluded to this a bit on yesterday's pod. There are virtually no upside-down homeowners, people who owe more than the house is worth, in today's market. Watch closed prices to see what's really happening. So, for example, you might see a lot of price reductions, and those price reductions can range from basically not mattering at all to something significant. But if that price reduction means that that homeowner, that seller, is potentially going to sell their home for 25% less than they, you know, uh, year over year, then they, you know, the... 25% instead of 35%, right? That doesn't mean it's going down. That just means they're making less of a percent. And people get these headlines really mixed up in their heads. And that's why I always look at closed prices, right? Because even somebody doing a price reduction, which makes it look like, oh, prices are falling, that doesn't mean that A, it's going to sell. It doesn't mean that they're not going to just decide that they, if they can't get their price, that they're going to get out of the market. You've got to look at sold prices, especially right now in a transitioning market, pricing a new listing is becoming more challenging because all this is mixed up. This goes to what I was just mentioning, the transition, right? You're going to have to move through 
this phase emotionally, but you're going to have to move through it with knowledge. Knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. Well, guess who your biggest challenges are going to be? Not your fellow agents. It's going to be your sellers and your buyers because they don't have a real estate podcast that's helping them move past their ignorance phase and, and move towards confidence. That's what you're, That's the reason you're going to have to be able to double down with content and information that's going to make them realize that you are a true real estate professional. If you've ever really wondered how to differentiate yourself and uh, how to you know, have a buyer or seller choose you to work with, this is how you do it in a market like this. In the previous market, it was a lot about who knew you, maybe I would say, because people weren't that selective who they were going to work with because they knew where they were going to buy and the sellers knew the houses were going to sell even if they listed it with a hamster. But the reality of it is now is everyone's going to become more particular. And the way you win this war is you're going to have to be someone who delivers obviously a higher level of knowledge and information, not just the latest headlines from MSNBC. And one of the easiest shortcuts for you to be that agent is to join Premier Coaching. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372 or simply go to premiercoaching.com. And when you do, you're going to have immediate access to the first level of Premier Coaching, including a daily semi-private coaching call. You need to be the agent that's going to win the business because you've earned the right to win the business, not thinking anymore that you're going to get the business just because you have enough likes on your YouTube videos. That stuff matters, but what matters now is your knowledge and your ability to deliver a message to potential clients that they need to hear so they can make clear decisions. And really the first person you need to work on is yourself. Because if you've got a lot of misinformation floating around in your head, you're gonna make missteps, you're gonna say things that aren't accurate, you're gonna cost yourself potential deals. Point number nine, sell, or prediction number nine, sellers will have different motivations than in the pandemic years. So for example, sellers who don't have to move won't be moving. The most common sellers will be, and we're already seeing this from our coaching clients, downsizing empty nesters, selling their family home, moving to get more space, better schools. We see newlyweds purchasing together. What we would call normal reasons to move will prevail. Well, we are talking also, Jules, about there are a lot of um, people that are moving away the, essentially the acceptance of the fact that people can be re doing remote work. Yes, that's right. And, and sort of the, you know, Starlink and all these other mm -hmm. technologies that are allowing. I mean, Julie and I were just in North Carolina. We took our Starlink with us. Yep. The little modem in the satellite dish. And then when we came back to Puerto Rico, we took it with us and in a box. And now, and Starlink sells you a nice little convenient backpack so you can truck through the airport with a Starlink satellite dish <laughs> and a little modem on your back. We oh, and by the way. You were able to set it up by yourself in less than, I don't know, an hour or two tops. No, no. I took Maybe me it was like 15 less than minutes. I just plugged yeah, it in. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to call somebody, wait for them to show up, have this big elaborate mess of wiring and modems and all this kind of stuff. So that has made it. And I heard this uh, point was also made uh, on a pod, on a, again, a housing wire podcast that the nature of relocation deals is different now. You might be, quote, relocated to a different town or different headquarters, but that does not necessarily mean that you're going to move. And also, to your point, gives you the opportunity to not be tied to a city, and maybe you do want to move. Maybe you want to cash out and pay cash on, you know, some something a little bit more remote or more interesting to you. Well, let's scale this point out. So again, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. This is, again, we're scaling out point number nine, which was sellers have different motivations than in pandemic years. Well, here's the other thing, demographics. And if you compare demographics, and I'm going to compare this like I did yesterday to when we had really bad inflation in the economy uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, Julie and I were barely alive then, but you guys, you know, many of you weren't alive uh, because we pay attention to the demographics of our podcast, exactly. frankly, so we know how old you guys are. <laughs> right. A lot of you guys were kids like we were. Well, so what was different then? 
uh, how about just about everything? I mean, everything was different. Everything was different in the economy. Everything was different with the demographic trends. There weren't these massive, you know, essentially waves of humanity, millennials, baby boomers. All this wasn't going on. So the, the amount of people, the sheer number of humans in America that want to purchase, you know, buy or sell a house is nothing like back in the late 70s, early 80s. Not to mention the debt that the United States has. So you can use that as a sort of a baseline understanding, that period of history of a baseline understanding of what happens in inflation, but it's obviously not the same. So be very careful that when you're listening to people talk about last time, because everyone likes to talk about 07 mm -hmm. through 08, or they're going to talk about late 70s through early 80s, they are kind of not really delivering really well-conceived information to you. And you need to do your own homework and be home your, become your own expert. That's incredibly important during this really this rise of this age of misinformation. Well, that's right. You have to use modern facts to make your projections, right? So point number 10, this is one of my favorites. Commissions will, and I would say already are, rising. Commissions will rise. With longer days on the market, fewer bidding wars, and more competition, sellers are already valuing caring, competent, and skilled agents more than ever. You know, like our premier coaching clients. It's actually worth mentioning here, too. You know, it's funny. You still must read that twice. Mm -hmm. During times like this, Commissions, just to repeat it, right? Yeah. Increase, they don't decrease. Want proof? I'll give you proof. Look what's happening with the iBuyers, who were the chief drivers of the destruction of the buyer agent commission. Well, guess what happened with those guys? Poof. Poof. Yep. Right? Bye Mostly bye. out of business. So the people that the companies that were driving down buyer agent co-op commissions, mm -hmm. they've been eviscerated for the most part. Add to this the fact that you're also seeing builder commissions on the rise. Now, if you want to know how to be really, really effective um, at being competitive with your listings, do what builders do to sell their standing inventory with regards to creative financing, such as? Well, and you guys get these emails. If you're not opening them, you better be paying attention. Builders are paying, uh, you know, in some cases, double the going rate commission to unload uh, two things. One is in anticipation of last year not having the slowdown that we saw in fourth quarter, a lot of builders started to build furiously fast, right? So they overbuilt some inventory in certain neighborhoods that didn't sell. They also have some buyers that backed out because maybe they don't qualify anymore, either voluntarily or they didn't get their loan. So there is a lot of new construction out there that has really amazing bonuses, not just for the agent, but also for your borrower. There's all kinds of perks and, you know, landscaping packages and pools and all, and, you know, extra rooms and all of these things. So if you really want to do a great job for your buyer that can't find anything, go find some, in, you know, inventory. Maybe it's not 100% built yet, but they're going to get more for their money and you're going to get more for your sale. So let's give them a quick uh, roundabout from the last two days, uh, quick highlights reel. Okay? Sure. Mm -hmm. Commissions are going to increase. There's number one. Sale prices are going to increase. Now, you might see my next point is a good thing or a bad thing. Number of transactions will decrease, but your income will most likely stay the same, if not increase, in 2023. Now, if you're just getting started in real estate, uh, it's now more than ever important for you to really drill down on becoming a very skilled-based agent. Mm -hmm. And I know the, the poll is always going to be to want to make yourself famous, especially in this era of branding and marketing. But even if you do rise to the top and people do see your fancy Instagram posts, doesn't mean they're going to do business with you because they're going to be looking for that skilled, caring, competent agent. You cannot fake whether or not you actually have skill. 
You can look like it in a picture or short video, but when they talk to you, if you don't engage at a high level in a different way than everyone else, in other words, what comes out of your mouth, what comes out of your brain is not next level, they're going to choose to do something, a uh, business with other people. Or they but, simply won't call you back and right. you won't know why. Okay, here, I'll give you another mm -hmm. highlights reel from the last two days. Yep. There are going to be, this is the best opportunity in at least the last 15 years to become a listing agent. Because why? Sellers are becoming, which is your next point, you're saying buyers in the next point, but sellers, real estate consumers are becoming more picky who they work with than ever. And, and we just did our podcast series on this one last week, expired listings in particular, and though there's a bunch of other sources as well, are going to be the absolute gold mine, certainly for 23, probably into 24. Couldn't agree with you more. Because there's so many agents. You have two, you have a you know a bifurcated problem, right? You have sellers that have unrealistic expectations and they're listing with agents that don't know how to get them priced and positioned correctly in this market, which results in failure. Well, that's gonna create, and there's a lot of that. Most of the listings for sale right now are listed with agents that have never sold in any kind of market, anything similar to this. I want you to think about what I just said. Because because we know 74% of all agents have not, essentially have only been in business like 15 years or less, or maybe it was five years or less. Point is, they've never experienced anything other than this very buoyant seller's market. Well, that market is over, and now we're entering into this new market, but those agents are still out there listing homes. And what are they doing? They're pricing them incorrectly. They're then having to get, maybe in some cases, they get price reductions. But that seller is not mentally conditioned to understand what the nature of the market is because that agent didn't prep them prior to take the listing. That listing is going to expire, creating a tsunami of listing opportunities for agents out there. So incredibly important that you embrace the opportunity that's in front of you. Why you would spend so much time trying to speculatively build you know, uh, passively build lead generation when right in front of you in all major markets are such a huge opportunity for expired listings. It absolutely makes no sense. And that's just one of the many things we teach you in the Premier Coaching. Remember, text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to premiercoaching.com. Remember when texting, message and data rates may apply. Julie, point number 11. Yes, point number 11, buyers will be more picky, taking longer to make a decision and looking for the right house not just for a house that's available where maybe they can win a bidding war, right? So buyers do have more power in the negotiation, but it is not yet a buyer's market. It is not time for you to go around lowballing, but do expect buyers being more particular. You're going to have to brush up on your buyer scripts. You know, we have a whole buyer mastery section in Premier Coaching that has gotten fired up lately. So Julie, what is the uh, technical definition of a buyer's market? Uh, a buyer's market is when the buyers have more power. So there are more listings for sale than there are buyers to buy them. And most economists say somewhere between four and six months supply. Currently, we are only at a three month supply. So we are only halfway to even a balanced market, much less a buyer's market. You'll feel it when the market starts to really noticeably shift. You're going to feel it in how uh, receptive, like for example, um, and this is, again, something we teach our listing agents to do, which all of you should be listing agents. You're going to have to learn to be very aggressive with obviously getting the home shown in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, oh, that's a weird thought for right? almost so I everyone. Thinking, right. I mean, these agents listing, they've been in the business in a time where you put a listing for sale. You didn't even have time to put the sign in the yard. You know? Well, one of our most uh, popular podcasts of late was 12 Unexpected Ways to Get Your Listing Sold. Yep. Because agents are saying, well, how can I not have a showing in the first 22 seconds? Why do I only have one showing this weekend and then next weekend you get none? That's weird. Yeah. So we teach you in Premier Coaching, for example, to do something that Julie and I thought of years ago, like 15 years ago. 
uh, during the housing crash, by the way, where you do a reverse offer. And I know this was a really crazy thought when you came out with it, but it totally works. It does. So for those of you who are sitting on listings, but you've had a lot of showings, and let's say the buyer's agents are inexperienced and they don't know how to get their buyers to write offers, which is called normal. Here's what you need to do. If you see some agents that have shown the properties multiple times, write an offer from the seller to the buyer, an offer to buy, not an offer to sell or no. An uh, offer to you, sell to the buyer. Yeah. An offer to sell. I can see it's, it's even it's hard everything to, opposite. It's everything opposite, right? So normally a buyer writes an offer to the seller. A seller can write an offer to the buyer. So if you, to buy, right? So if you've seen a buyer's agent produce, you know, a showing with the same buyer and you call the buyer's agent, well, they can't just decide. They're uncertain. They, they don't know what's keep going looking. on. They want to keep looking. You need to sit down with the seller and you need to write on a purchase contract as if, you know, just the exact opposite and send it over to the buyer's agent. And you will be shocked how often that is all it takes to get the house sold because that buyer's agent actually didn't, again, have the skill set to get the buyers to write an offer. And now here we're putting in front of them and actually a great offer. Now, what is what are the terms? That's up to you and the seller. It could just be full list price. Well, it's to get the ball rolling. So maybe right. the seller offers to sell it for $1,000 less than list price and $2,500 towards closing costs just to get the ball rolling. Right. Or maybe a full asking price, but they're going to buy the buyer's interest rate down, yes. include a bunch of you know extra stuff, things like that. It, again, get the ball rolling, get the conversation started. You're going to oftentimes, especially on the listing agent side of things, you're going to have to get used to having to do a lot of the heavier lifting for the buyer's agents because they are getting their learning on as well. That's the hard part of this mm -hmm. market is getting people to get their skills on. And the ones that do are the ones that are going to thrive and survive going forward. And the ones that don't won't be in the real estate in a year. No, and there's all of these things going on that, to your point, virtually everybody listening, has, with a few exceptions, has never heard of, much less practiced before. You know, one of the common questions that we get is, explain how contingencies work. Yep. Because you haven't been able to get any in the previous market, right? How do I deal with a home inspection? We had a podcast about that as well. What are your different options so you don't let the deal die? What about these uh, rate buy downs? All of these things are not new, but they are new to this market and new to many of you listening. So we've wandered, Tim, into some more advanced coaching on this podcast where we usually give them the 30,000 foot view. If you guys are saying, huh, what are you talking about? I, I got to learn all of this stuff to thrive in this new market. Well, guess what? We're here to help you. All you have to do is text the word Premier to 47372, or you can simply go to premiercoaching.com and sign up for free today so that we can show you how to do these things. That way, you know, it's possible that you have an even better year than you thought once you get your skills on. And Julie, tomorrow is the point of the first point of it. That's a with, big point. That's why I made point. it. I mean, I'm opening. just scanning it now, stumbling over my own tongue. But yes, the point. Uh, that we're going to start with tomorrow is going to be the point that's going to raise the most eyebrows of over all these 15 predictions. It's the one that's going to probably get us the most, um, I think, ire. <laughs> yes, but it's a really critical point. And I, I think it's uh, really important to your skills and to your talking points. So that's our cliffhanger. Yes. And those <laughs> of you who are about to spew the ire and victory all, we are ready because Julie has done massive amounts of research on the numbers to back up our stance on our uh, prediction of the first point for tomorrow's podcast. In the meantime, guys, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. It is always our honor and pleasure to be your loyal podcast real estate coaches. 
and also thank you for all of you who are subscribing on our YouTube channel. It's really taken off this year. The series that we did at the first uh, week of this year and, and the second week, but the first week was some of our most listened to podcasts ever. And we are rating the top 31 from least effective to most effective real estate lead generation ideas. Go, go back and listen to those podcasts. Uh, again, we had a hell of a lot of fun doing that yep. podcast, but go back and listen to that series. In the meantime, guys, do like or subscribe, uh, leave comments, help us to continue to grow the podcast. Our mission is to make it so that this real estate market fills you guys with opportunity, fills you with a feeling of purpose. Um, and that comes from knowing how to help other people because you have the skill set of know what to, knowing how to say things, knowing how to solve other people's problems. When you can enter into a relationship with a buyer or seller and you can help them transact in such a way that they really feel that you've done a great job because of your level of professionalism, there is no better feeling as a real estate professional than that. That is helping people at the highest level. That's what we're all about, helping you learn how to do. In the meantime, guys, we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.